Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, for the last few weeks now, we have been looking at the whole issue starting at chapter 6 through chapter 7 of the new reality. We've talked before as we went through Romans about how everyone is condemned and then about the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ and and what it means to be justified. And we've been looking at in chapter 6, 7, and 8 now the new reality of that Christian life because God saved you for something more than just fire insurance and having a place in heaven later on. And we've looked at the whole reality that you and I don't have to sin now, but there's that battle that goes on within us. The good that we want to do, we don't do. And there's that struggle, and we're often defeated. In fact, we echo what the Apostle Paul says. If you look with me at verse 24 of chapter 7, he says this, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? You and I struggle with defeat in our lives because we find it easy to what? Sin. But then notice what he says in verse 25. He says this, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's Jesus who gives us the victory. So when we look at this now, we come to chapter 8, he's going to take that thought one step further and tell you and I that we don't need to live defeated lives because of our natural tendency to sin. And here's the reality. A lot of you here today are defeated in your walk with God. You don't think that God sees you as being worthy. You don't think that God wants to bless you. You think God's ready to squash you because of the natural struggle that you have, that each of us has, with sin. With doing what we don't want to do and not being able to do what we want to do. So I want you to notice with me what he says here because he's going to tell us the reality of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life because the Holy Spirit has then freed us from this internal struggle. So notice with me verses 1 through 11. And I pray, my prayer is today that this passage will be a passage of victory for you and I. Notice what he says. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. For to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, 
Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So let's notice several things. The first thing I want us to notice is the new life he talks about that you and I have in verses 1 to 4. And we're going to start off with that most powerful verse that I think in all of Paul's writings, verse 1 of chapter 8. Notice what he says there. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Notice what he says here. In spite of the struggle... We're not condemned. Let me say it again. Listen to what I'm saying to you. In spite of the struggle, we are not condemned. I want you to say that with me. Say it with me. In spite of the struggle, we are not condemned. Say that last part with me. We are not condemned. Do you believe that? I hope you do. The chances are, though, that some of you don't believe that. Because you're looking at your life and you're looking at the struggle that you're going on. You know that you want to do what's right, but you can't do it. And that which you don't want to do, you keep doing. And you keep falling, you keep stumbling. And you keep thinking, oh no, oh no, oh no, I'm condemned. God doesn't love me anymore. He's not. He's, all these problems I'm having is because of what's, is his anger towards me. And you think you're condemned. But I want you to understand what it says here. Listen, in spite of the struggle, what... We are not condemned. Realize it. Realize it. That's the new life. There is no condemnation. See, for you to think that you're condemned is to think that God left something out of the plan. You say, what are you talking about, George? What are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. Everybody knows that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, right? Everybody know that? That when he died, he died once for all for what? Sin, past, present, and future. And so when he died and said, it is finished, it was what? Finished. So then you come and you realize your need for Jesus Christ. You accept Jesus Christ into your life. You get saved. You then are justified. You are made holy before God. Not because of your righteousness, but because of Christ's righteousness. But now you're trying to live the Christian life and you're still finding yourself, what? Struggling with the same old things. Same old attitudes. Same old behaviors. And you're stumbling and falling. But yet in your mind now, you think God has condemned you because for some reason, whether you realize it or not, you don't think He took care of it. You don't think that in His plan, He made allowance for everything. But what Paul's trying to tell us here is is that He did. He knew the moment you got saved, you were going to stumble and fall. You weren't going to be perfect. Does everybody understand that? Let me hear you. Look to the person next to you and say, you're not perfect. Look to them. Some of you are enjoying that because you've been wanting to tell them that. You're not perfect. And that's the reality. You're not perfect. And he knew that. He knew you were going to stumble and fall. But what does that mean? He knows you're going to stumble and fall, so he's going to say, okay, well, that's it. I know I forgave all that other stuff, but forget that. I'm writing them off. No! 
The reality is, is that he's telling us here in this passage, he says, in spite of the struggle, in spite of the everyday war that goes on within you, of the body wanting to do one thing, but the spirit wanting to do something else, you're not condemned. You're not condemned. Praise the Lord. We're not condemned. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? If that doesn't set you free, then we need to check your pulse. If you don't realize the reality of the forgiveness and grace of God in your life, then I need to have a talk with you. Schedule a meeting. Because you need victory. See, the new life, in spite of the struggle, we're not condemned. Notice now what he says in verse 2. Look what he says, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The next thing he wants you to understand about the new life is this. He wants you to understand that the Spirit sets us free from the cycle of sin and death. See, all humanity is in this cycle, this pattern. We sin, it brings death. We sin, it brings death. We sin, it brings death. And death is not just physical death, but it can be spiritual death. It can be relational death. It, it brings devastation. But what the Spirit does is the Spirit, when we come to Jesus Christ, the Spirit comes into our life and He sets us free from that cycle. See, before when we were in that cycle, we couldn't say no to it, could we? We just kept continuing on, falling into the hole, falling into the pit. Not knowing any better, but now the Spirit comes into our lives and He breaks that cycle. He sets us free from that cycle of sin and death. Some of you are here today and you're struggling with an issue in your life. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something else. And you're trying to break the habit. You're trying to break the pattern in your life. And you keep trying on your own, but you can't break it. You keep falling. You keep falling. You keep falling. You keep falling. My friends, there's someone who will help you. And quit trying to do it on your own and start looking to God and say, God, may your Holy Spirit help me to overcome this. May your Holy Spirit help me to overcome it. Help me. Help me to break that pattern in my life. See, that's the new life. The new life, the Spirit sets us free from the cycle of sin and death. And here's why. Look with us at verse 3 and 4. Because it tells us why does this take place? Why is this pattern broken? Look with us. Verse 3 and 4, he says this. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Here's the point I want you to see. Christ's sacrifice, Christ's sacrifice provided our freedom. You want to know why you're not condemned? You want to know why you can break free from the cycle of sin and death? It's because Jesus Christ died for you on the cross and paid the price. It's taken care of. That's reality. Listen, when we have a time of thanks, and you know, during our communion time, we give you a time to offer opportunity to share something you're thankful for. I am still always amazed that we don't truly give thanks for the salvation that God has given us. Say, so what do you mean? Well, hey, we just talked about two things right here. We just talked about two things. What, what two things, George? No condemnation, freedom. No condemnation, freedom. If that doesn't elicit thanks from you towards God, then there's something wrong. Your focus is out of whack. 
you're thinking on things you shouldn't be thinking on. Because the reality is, is that when you think about your life, and you think about what Jesus did, He went to the cross. Listen, how many of you saw the Passion of Christ? How many of you saw the Passion of Christ? A lot of us saw the Passion of Christ, right? I mean, Jesus literally had the stuff beat out of Him. Literally torn up, brutalized, placed on the cross. How many of you had somebody drive nails through your hand to hang you up in the sun to die? None of us. And he went through all of that for you and I so that we could what? No longer be condemned and have freedom. If that doesn't draw thanks from you, then something is wrong in your life. If you can't thank God for every breath you take in the morning, when you wake up in the morning and realize, God, you've given me a new day, I'm not condemned, I have a new day with you, then there's something wrong. Because Jesus provided for our freedom. Jesus provided for our freedom. And that's the new reality of the new life that you and I have in Jesus. The reality of the new life we have in Jesus. So then Paul, he goes on in verses 5-8, through eight, and he once again contrasts the life lived by the flesh and the life lived in the Spirit. See, he wants us to live in the Spirit. Because notice he kept saying a key phrase here. Notice with me, verse 1, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Look with me now at verse 4. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. He wants us to understand that we have this new life, we have no condemnation, we have freedom, and now He wants us to live our lives walking according to the Spirit, that is, according to what the Holy Spirit is guiding us in our lives, rather than what our bodies want us to do. Rather than what our bodies want us to do. So notice what he says here. Look with me now at verse 6. He says this, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The first thing I want you to notice about these two lives that are contrasted is this. The difference is focus. The difference is focus. What do you mean focus? It's what your mind is focused on. You want to live a spiritually spiritually minded life versus a carnally minded life? It's what you focus on. Can I be honest with you? Put garbage in, garbage out. Put garbage in, garbage out. You spend your time listening to, watching, feeding your mind with garbage, garbage will come out. You spend your time focusing on that which is pure, which is holy, as he says in Philippians, what? Then it produces in your life a spiritually spiritual life. Some of you are here today and you would say, I wish I just had a deeper walk with Jesus. I wish I could just sense His presence in my life. I wish I could just be led by the Spirit of God. Can I tell you the reason why you're not? Is because you're not spending any time in this. You're not reading His Word. It sits where it sits during the week until you come on Sunday. You know, on Sunday morning, you blow the dust off and then you bring it. If you bring it. The Word of God needs to be a part of your life. But my friends, if you're constantly ingesting garbage, whether it's movies or TV, and I'm not going to tell you to turn the TV off. That's not my whole point here. But I'm going to tell you to be wise about what you put in watching TV. I'm going to tell you to be wise. See, if I just told you to turn the TV off, you'll turn me off. Oh yeah, George is a legalist. I'm not going to listen to him. Fine. I'm not going to tell you to turn it off. I'm a news junkie too. But the problem is, is that when you're watching stuff that you know isn't fit to watch, garbage in, garbage out. 
garbage in, garbage out. And so, if, and here's what Paul says. Look at what he says in verse 5. He can't get any clearer than verse 5. Notice what he says in verse 5. He says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on what? The things of the flesh. Look, if you're sitting around dwelling all day long, thinking about one thing, one thing only, and it isn't right, guess what? Your chances are you're going to do it. But he says, look at verse 5, But those who live according to the Spirit... The things of the Spirit. Listen, you want to live according to the Spirit? Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Here, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been personally convicted about this here in the last couple months. About my time in the Word of God. Because I'm just like you. You know, I study all week long in the Word of God. But do I study for myself? Do I read it for myself? I read it for you guys. And I glean from what I read for you guys for my own self. But do I read it for George? You know, so I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not reading through Romans in my personal devotional time. I already told the Sunday school this morning I'm reading through First and Second Timothy. But my whole point is, what are you reading through? I'm not going to ask you, but in your mind, I want you to think about what passage did you read this week? I can already tell you, you don't know. Because the reason why is, you didn't. And when you read the Daily Bread, the chances are, you just read the story. You didn't even read the daily reading. See, and we wonder why we're weak. We wonder why our lives are not right because our minds are not focused on what they need to be focused on. So, the difference is the focus. And here, he makes it even one step further when he says in verse 6, he says, the carnally minded is death, but the spiritually minded is life and peace. He said, it is the difference between life and death. It's not just what you're focused on. See, I can just reduce it down to, oh, you just need to do, you just need garbage in, garbage out, and you can be there, oh yeah, you just, you're right, George, I understand, shut you off in my mind. But the problem is this, you've got to take it one step further. It's not just the difference of the stuff you're putting in your mind. You've got to see it for the reality of what it is. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is peace and life. See, it's the difference between life and death. You want to live a spiritual life? Feed it with what's right. He goes on. He says this. The carnal mind cannot please God. Look at verse 7 and 8. The carnal mind cannot please God. The carnal mind cannot please God. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Here's the point I want to make to you, and the final point before we move on. You want to please God in your life? I'm going to tell you right now. You keep feeding your mind. You keep feeding your life with the garbage of this world. You can't please Him. You can't please Him. You can't please Him. Now, why do you say that, George? Because when you feed yourself with the garbage, it's always going to be garbage out. Always going to be garbage out. In fact, I was joking with my kids. We went away for a couple of days camping. And I was joking with my kids. How many of you have heard the statement, you are what you eat? I forget if I was talking to Madison or if I was talking to Foster because one of them was eating a bagel or something. I said, you know, you're a poppy seed. Dad, you're corny. You know, they give you that look like, what are you talking about, Dad? 
I think it was Madison, but I forget now. And the fact is the matter, you are what you eat. Can I be honest with you? There's a spiritual principle there. You are what you put into your life. And if you're carnal, you can't please God. Someone wrote this about the mind. The mind is a garden that could be cultivated to produce the harvest that we desire. The mind is a workshop where important decisions of life and eternity are made. The mind is an armory where we forge the weapons of our victory or our destruction. The mind is a battlefield where all the decisive battles of life are won or lost. There's no condemnation. But you and I have a responsibility too. Don't feed it. Don't feed that in our lives. Look now at verse 9 and 11. He then wraps it up and he talks about the assurance of the Spirit. Notice with me verse 9 and 10. He says this, But if, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Here's what he's saying. We are spiritual beings in bodies of death. You're a spiritual being. You've been made new in Jesus Christ. But did you notice the moment you got saved, your body didn't change? Did you notice that? The moment you came to Jesus Christ, you still inhabit the same old body. In fact, you maybe looked in the mirror and said, I don't see anything different. That's because you're now a spiritual being in what? The same old body. The same old body that you trained in the desires and in the flesh that operates the way it operates. And so that's why that struggle is going on. We are spiritual beings in bodies of death. We're the same old person. See, that's why, can I be honest with you, when we go to be with Jesus, guess what He gives you? A new body. Why? Because this body can't be in His presence. Because this body is governed by the law of what? Sin. So when you go to be with Jesus, remember Paul talks about, Peter talks about taking off this tabernacle, this tent. Why? Because we receive a new tent, a new body. Isn't that an awesome thought? That's the assurance we have. We are spiritual beings in bodies of death. And so then verse 11, he tells us then. So you say, well, gosh, if I'm a spiritual being in this body of death, how am I going to live this life that he wants me to do? How am I going to quit being addicted to this stuff and filling my life with this garbage church? How am I going to do it? Notice what he says, verse 11. Here's the assurance. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Christ from the the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit empowers us for life. The Spirit empowers us for life. Remember that struggle that's going on? You and I, when we realize the victory that we have in Jesus, that we're not condemned, we can live the life He wants us to live, not in our own strength, because our flesh is weak. Our flesh is always going to do the wrong thing. But we can live our lives according to what? The Spirit. Because He empowers us. He strengthens us. He gives us the ability to do it. You know, when we look at this passage, I want you to think about three things. First of all, I want, to ask, I want you to ask yourself a question. As we try to apply what we've learned today to our lives, 
I'm going to give you three things that I want you to think about. Number one, are you defeated by sin in your life? Are you defeated? Think about that. Just don't brush that off. Just don't let it go over your head. Let it come to roost right here in your heart. And the question is, are you defeated by sin? Now, that sin could manifest itself in an attitude. That sin could manifest itself in a habit. That sin could manifest itself in a relationship that is broken. That sin can manifest itself in an action. Are you defeated by sin in your life? You are constantly struggling with the same issue over and over. And I'll be honest with you, you don't have to think too long about it. You don't have to, because you already know. The Holy Spirit's already bringing it to mind. In fact, you may even, as the Holy Spirit brings it to mind, you may be right now justifying it, saying, well, it's because of Him, or it's because of her, or it's because of my daddy, or it's because of my mama, or it's because of my culture, it's because of my pastor. He told me I can't play video games anymore. And all of this stuff, is there sin in your life that you're struggling with? Are you defeated by sin? Are you? Does it debilitate you? Does it defeat you? Does it change the way that God, that you think God sees you because of that sin? See, that's how you know if you're defeated. Because all of a sudden now you've got this understanding that God sees you differently. Are you defeated by sin? Here's the second point then. Recognize, recognize that you are not condemned. In fact, say it with me again. We are not condemned. Let me hear you. We are not condemned. Recognize that. Live it. For some of you, you need to put it on a card. You say, well, then they'll know that I'm struggling. Well, then just put Romans 8, chapter 1, and several verses after it. And then you say, I'm focusing on 1. But you, you, you put that down. You internalize it. You memorize it. Hey, because let me tell you something. You have an enemy that wants you to be defeated. You have an enemy who does not want you to realize that there is a Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Because he knows that if you begin to understand that there's a Romans chapter 8 verse 1, that you're going to live a life for Jesus empowered by his spirit. So he wants you to stay defeated. He wants you to think you're condemned. You and I need to recognize what? That we are not condemned. Recognize it. Recognize that you're not condemned. So then, the final thing I want you to see is live the life empowered by the Spirit. Live the life empowered by the Spirit. Live your life empowered by the Spirit. You know, this morning, in our Sunday school, Mike shared an interesting, powerful point. And he shared about, we were talking about wisdom and laying our head on the pillow. And he brought up the point that, you know, as you go through the things day by day that you talk to God, even about the small things in your life. And then you're at night, you're able to put your head down on the pillow. That's what we're talking about here. You live a life that's empowered by the Spirit. How do I get empowered by the Spirit? I just don't go to Him with the big things. I go to Him with the everyday things of my life. And I say, Lord, You guide me today. You lead me. You help me to respond the right way in this situation. You give me wisdom. You give me strength. Lord, I need You. Empower me. Empower me. Empower me. Live that life. Here, let me just say it this way. Every one of you who know Jesus Christ as your Savior can live that life. The question is, and here's the question, 
do you want him? Because he can't do it for you. The question is, do you want him? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.